Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Praise the Lord. You're going to be blessed this morning because this is the day that the Lord has made. The devil does not make any day. Hallelujah. Every day that you face, it is the Lord that has made it. And he made it so that you can rejoice and be glad in it. And this is one of those days in the name of the Lord. We have it, Genesis 11 from 26. We are going to pick it up from there. The Bible says, And Terah lived 70 years and begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. 27. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat, begat Lot. Verse 28, and Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity, in the Ur of the Chaldeans. Verse 29, and Abraham and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, the father of Iscah. Next verse. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. 31. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to, to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. The next verse. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Chapter 12, verse 1. That's the next verse. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. Somebody say, Get thee out. Of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3, uh, verse three, yes, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The book of Acts chapter 7 verse 1, and then you will sit in Jesus' name. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, verse 1 and verse number 2. Glory to God. Then said the high priest, are these things so? Verse 2. And he said, that is Stephen speaking, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. In the book of Genesis is Abram without a hitch. In Acts chapter 2 is Abraham. I don't want to go ahead of my message. When he was in Mesopotamia, which is also the land of the Ur of the Chaldeans, as in Genesis chapter 12, before he dwelt in Haran. This is just the Greek or the Hellenistic form of Haran. It's the same thing. Chapter 3, verse 3. And he said unto him, Get 
out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I will show thee. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can have your seats in the name of Jesus. One of the things that we were discussing here on, on Friday night during the Friday prayers is that Jesus said it is a must for men and women to be born again. Hallelujah. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and said, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no man can do the things that you do except God be with him. He was trying to join the company of Jesus by giving Jesus some little praise here and there. And Jesus went straight into the issue and said in John chapter 3 verse 3, that verily, verily, I say unto thee, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Then in verse number five, he says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Salvation is compulsory for human beings. Praise the name of the Lord. There is no other name that is given, and we have sung about that this morning, among men by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. The writer there says that salvation is a must. It is not an option for humans to be born again. It is not a choice for humans to be born again. Any person that wants to relate with God, they have to come to God in the name that is above everything name and they have to receive him as their Lord and Savior and that is where our relationship with God will begin so number one salvation is compulsory praise the name of the Lord you cannot relate with God unless you are born again number two something concerning salvation I'm coming to my scripture is that salvation is actually by grace praise the Lord because the book of Genesis is the book of grace. It is a book of people that did not know God. And God had to look for these people and speak to them. And tell them his will. And tell them what he wants them to do. And he calls them out of the life they were living before. So that they can come to accomplish a particular purpose. So salvation is by grace. Paul says in Ephesians, if we have it, chapter 2, verse number 8 and 9. Victor, if we have it. Other than salvation being compulsory, salvation is by grace. Hallelujah. We are not saying that because salvation is, by, is compulsory, so God is forcing you to be born again. That is not what we are talking about. We are just saying that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, and if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Praise the Lord. But for you to be born again, it is God that provides the grace for you to be born again. Hallelujah. Nobody can make a decision to be born again. It is God that sends his messenger. 
And the messenger brings the word of God. And the Bible says that the word of God brings faith into our heart. In fact, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you look at Romans chapter 10 from verse number 8 all the way to verse number 10, it says uh, that the word of faith is in your mouth. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, then you are going to be saved. Then he says it is with the heart that one believes unto justification and it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. God saves us by grace. And how does he save us by grace? He saves us by grace by sending a messenger with the word of God. That messenger will preach the word of God. Then the word of God will cause us to have faith. And then that faith will make us to receive Jesus in our life. That is why Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 2, do we have it? I like this, this uh, screen man today. He's following every scripture I'm quoting. Where is it? Ephesians chapter 2 from verse number 8. Yes, salvation is by grace. Yes, look at that. It says, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse number nine, for not of works, lest any man should boast. Other than salvation being compulsory. Number two, salvation is by grace. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. If you are born again today, I want you to be born again. I want you to know you are born again because it is by the grace of God you are born again. Hallelujah. There is nobody that is sitting here that did anything so that God can save them. Praise the name of the Lord. There is nobody that is sitting here that did anything. Let me come down here. So that God can be able to deliver them. Praise the name of Jesus, Michelle. Salvation is by grace of God. Pastor Julie, you are not saved because you stopped drinking alcohol. <laughs> we said on Friday, if you are here, and I would encourage you to come, we said that an avocado tree is an avocado tree even without avocado fruits. Are you with me? You don't have to produce oranges for you to be an orange tree. If you are an orange seedling, you are just a small orange tree without fruit. It is a matter of time before we begin to see the kind of content that is inside you. Hallelujah. So, an avocado tree does not cease to be one because we cannot get an avocado fruit from it. And Paul tells us in the book of Galatians that there are there's the fruit of the spirit and then there are acts of the sinful nature. So whether you are drinking or whether you are an adulterer or whether you are smoking or whether you are lying or whether you are, you are, you know, you are partying and you are doing all sorts of things that we would call sin. Those are not sins. Sin is not an action. It is a nature. Are you with me? I am coming to my scripture. So, you are not born again because you don't do certain things. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't stop becoming a purple tree because you don't have purple fruit, Joel. You are 100% purple, even without a single fruit. It is just a matter of time. before. So salvation is not behavior change. Okay, let me go this side. Hallelujah. Salvation is not stopping certain things. Salvation is a change of nature. 
Hallelujah. That Jesus comes into your life and he takes away the old nature and he imputes himself on you so that you become a complete new creature and you don't bear the fruit of the old nature but you begin to bear the fruit of the spirit. And that is on, it's only made possible by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Do we have people here who are saved by the grace of God? I am one of them. I didn't stop drinking and then I said, I got saved. No, it is God that looked for me. It is God that hunted me. It is God that called you. It is God that searched for you. And he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Hallelujah. We are saved by grace. And so this scripture we have read this morning of concerning Abraham, the Bible wants to show us how grace works this particular morning. And the Bible says that there was a man called Terah. And this Terah, he had three sons. One was called Abram, without a H. The second one was called Nahor. The third one was called Haran. They were the sons of Terah. And the Bible tells us a story there that they took themselves wife. Abraham took a wife called Sarai and Nahor took a wife and also Haran took a wife and Haran gave birth to a son called Lot and, and, and you can be able to check that scripture as we have read. But the point is this, from that particular place, the Bible tells us that Terah took Abraham And, here, and, and, and uh, Abraham and his wife Sarai, sorry, and Lot. Because we are told that Haran died in the Ur of the Chaldeans or Mesopotamia, if you like. This was after the flood. And we know the three sons of Noah and Terah comes from the son of Noah called Shem. I don't want to go into, into that lineage. But the Bible tells us that they were in a land called Mesopotamia or a land called the Ur of the Chaldeans. And Terah had three sons. And one of the sons called Haran, he died in Mesopotamia. When he died in Mesopotamia, the Bible says that Terah took Abram and he took Sarai and he took Lot. And the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis chapter 11, verse number, uh, verse number, I'll get it. Yes, verse number 31. And Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. Terah was on a journey with his son Abraham. And Abraham's wife. We are not told whether he took Nahor with him. Probably he remained behind. But we are told that Haran died in the land of Terah's nativity. Which is Mesopotamia. And the Bible says that when Terah began the journey to go to the land of Canaan. He came to a place that is called Haran. Do we have it Victor? I have, I have an image here to, to paint that picture. Praise the Lord. There you are. So Terah is at Ur of the Chaldeans. You can see it there. And in verse 31, 
The Bible tells us that Terah took his son and his son's wife and Lot, the son of his son Haran, and he wanted to leave all of the Chaldeans, to, which is on my right, to go all the way to Canaan, which is in my mid-left. But he came to a place called Haran, and he dwelt there. Genesis chapter 12 opens by saying, just keep the image there. It opens by saying, now the Lord had spoken unto Abraham and he said, get thee out of thy country and out of thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show you. Mesopotamia was a land that worshipped other gods. It was a land that worshipped the, the moon and other celestial beings. Abraham and Terah and all that family did not know God at all. The true God of the Bible. So God appears to Abraham as an act of grace. I want us to see that Abraham was not seeking God. That Terah was not seeking God. That the people of that time, they were not seeking God. So God began having conversations with Abraham when they were in between Ur of the Chaldeas and Haran. And remember, it is Terah that began the journey to move from Ur of the Chaldeans all the way to Haran. And the Bible tells us that during this journey that was led by Terah, the Lord had spoken unto Abraham, get out of your country and out of your kindred or your family and out of your father's household into a land that I will show you. Hallelujah. Other than salvation being compulsory and other than salvation being by grace, salvation is also for the purposes of God. When God calls us to himself, he is not saving us for our own self. He is saving us for himself. He's saving us for a purpose that he has set aside for us. And the Bible says that God talked to Abraham and told him, Abraham, get out of your country and out of your kindred and out of your father's household into a land that I will show you. God begins to call Abraham for a purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And for us, when we are born again, we are born again for a particular purpose. Praise the Lord. God saved you for a particular purpose. He called you out of certain places for a particular purpose. He called you out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son for a particular purpose. We are not saved for the sake of it. We are not saved so that we escape going to hell. Hallelujah. Salvation is not insurance against hell. Praise the Lord. You know, evangelists have caused us a lot of problems. Because when they are preaching in crusades, they say that if you don't get born again today, if you die today, where will you go? You are threatened by hellfire. And so you come to Jesus because you are afraid of dying. But God does not just save us so that we avoid hell. He saves us so that we can accomplish his purposes. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let us look at the book of, of yes, there we are. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. He says, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus 
before, in Christ Jesus, before the world began. He saved us according to his own purpose and his grace. Hallelujah. We are not born again so that we avoid going to hell. We are born again so that we can preach the gospel. I said we are born again so that we can show the purposes of God. We are born again so that we can deliver our family from the works of the enemy. We are born again so that we can declare the goodness of God and the greatness of God in our generation. That is the purpose we are born again for. Hallelujah. And so Abraham is saved, if you like, in quotes. And it's God by grace who initiates that conversation. When his father was on a journey, but God was speaking to Abraham and he said, I want you to get out. There are things I want to do with you. There is something I want to do with your name. There is something I want to do with your future. There is something I want to do with your posterity. But what I want, you to, I want to do with you, it will require that you get out. Hallelujah. He says in verse 1 of chapter 12, Get thee out of thy country. There are three things that God told Abraham to get out of if he wants to see the purposes of God in his life. The first one is get out of thy country, if you are writing that. Get out of Mesopotamia. <laughs> The land of idolatry. You see, Pastor Elvis, an idol is interesting because one, an idol has been made by the hands of man. And number two, an idol is something that is visible. Your religion or your faith is based on what you can see. Mesopotamia was a land of idolatry. If you read history, you are going to see that they were worshipping celestial beings. They were making idols with their own hands. And they were worshipping that because they didn't have knowledge of the true God. And God comes to Abraham and says, I know your father has said, let's go, to, let's go on a journey. But I want you to get out of your country. There are things I want to do with your life. But you have to get out of Mesopotamia. You have to get out of the land of idolatry. And today, idols are not necessarily things that we have made with our hands. God is calling us out today to get out of Mesopotamia. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not talking about a sanamu you have made and put in your bedroom. I'm not talking about the rosary that's, that, that people are using to pray. I'm not talking about the statue of, of, of Virgin Mary that people put in the back of their garden so that they can pray to her during Easter. That, that is too simple an idol. Today, there are idols that we have made with our hands. Hallelujah. Because idols are made with the hands of men and idols are visible. And like our God, who has not been made by any man and who is not visible. For you to see him, you have to see him by faith. And you have to see him by revelation. Praise the name of the Lord. God is calling us to get out of Mesopotamia. And what is Mesopotamia? It is idolatry. Ah, you have idolized your career. I made it by myself. 
I worked so hard. You know, I went to Alliance and then I went to USIU. And then now I am working for the blue chip company, top in Nairobi, paying top dollar. What can you tell me? You are preaching because you want an offering. You know I can pay your bills for a whole year. I don't need your God. Some people think Pastor Kevin is preaching because he has no water in his house. Somebody said preachers should get a job to do. <laughs> and I asked the Holy Spirit to sit on me so that I don't answer them back. Praise the Lord. Get out of Mesopotamia. What idols are there? Things you have made with your hands. I built a career, a beautiful career. I built a big, a big business. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. God wants you to get out of the things that have distracted you from Him. Glory to God. One of the nights here at, uh, at the Friday prayers, we were talking about the structure of prayer. And it was interesting how the disciples of Jesus said, teach us to pray. Like John taught his disciples. But if you look at the earlier verse, it says that Jesus had come from a time of private prayer. And one of the things that baffles me is that Jesus took time to pray. He was God in the flesh, but he took to pray. The son of God who knew no sin. But when he was on this side of heaven, he wanted to templatize to us or to show us that so long as you're a human being in the flesh, you have to depend on God. You have to rely on God. And he gives us the structure of prayer. And one of the things that is in the, what we are calling the Lord's prayer is give us today our daily bread. You see, it's interesting that people have built a lot of things that it has removed the need for dependence of, on God in their lives. You have too much. You can't even pray for your daily provision because the pantry is full. And the fuel tank is full. And you have crazy allowances. So why should I pray? The reason people do that is because they were taught prayer wrongly. That prayer is asking for the things that we need from God. So if today your career or your job or your business is able to give you all the things that you would pray for in terms of human needs, then it removes the need for prayer. That which is making you not to seek God is the idol in Mesopotamia. That which you are seeing with your eyes. And Pastor Kevin, the Bible says that we are those that walk by faith and not by sight. If your life is driven by the things that you see, check for idolatry. If your guarantees in life come from the things you have built with your hands, you better watch out. God was telling Abraham, get out of your country into a land that I will show you. Hallelujah. 
He was telling him, get out of living by sight and come into a place of living by revelation. I will show you. God did not tell him where he was taking him. He, was, he didn't tell him the name of the place. He didn't tell him the direction to the place. He wanted to see obedience first. He says, get out of your country first and then I am going to show you. Time has come, church, that we have to get out of Mesopotamia. Hallelujah. We have to get out of the land of the Ur of the Chaldeans where we are worshipping the things that we can see. Where we are paying attention to the things we have built with our hands. God is saying, get out of thy country. Get out of Mesopotamia. Get out of idolatry. I am calling you out so that you stop depending on things that you are building with your hands and you start depending on me. Praise the name of the Lord. I am calling you out of independence into dependence on God. The born again believer is not independent. Hallelujah. The born again believer is not self-made. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says that we are not we have not made ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. It is him that has made us. Do I have people in church this morning who have been made by God? Uh, do I have people this morning whose marriages are being made by God? Whose businesses are being built by God? Whose future is in the hands of God? Whose 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 future is not depending on your ability and your skills but is dependent on God get out of mesopotamia get out of thy country there are things god will not do in your life until you get out of that place korur of the chaldeans so what is this place that you need to come out from What is this thing that has been stopping you from walking with God? Number two, he says, get out of your kindred or your family or your relatives. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, after dealing with your idols, the things that you have built with your own abilities and with your own hands that you can be able to see with your eyes. God is saying, I am calling you out. I am separating you. We're in a season of talking about holy living or sanctification. And Pastor Kev taught us last Sunday that this has to do with separation. It has to do with being set apart. Something that is holy is that which has been set apart. For a particular use. For God to use Abraham, he had first to separate him. So he separates him from his country. Then he tells him, come out of your relatives or your kindred or your family. In other words, God is saying that every family and every, every, uh, every uh, you know, uh, uh, group of relatives, if you like, they have a way of life. They have a culture. God is calling us from the culture to get out of the cultures that we were born in. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you get born again, you stop being a kikuyu. Okay, it looks like kikuyus are not this side. Let me come this side. 
God is saying, when you get born again, you stop becoming a Luo man. Praise the name of the Lord. There is a culture that is infused in you that is different from the culture you were born from. God is saying, get out of your culture, the culture of your family, the culture of your village. Re re remove all the things that your culture believes in and get into a new culture of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There are people who are born again. <laughs> eh, but there are days they reset to factory settings. Most of the time it's elections day. That is the time you remember your tribe. And you look at your idea and say, I have come from Kirinyaga. I have come from Migori. I have not come from heaven. Let me tell you something. The day you got born again, you underwent blood transfusion. Ah, hallelujah. And the blood from your ancestors was switched. I'm speaking spiritual language with the blood of Jesus Christ. So I am no longer a Luo from Kisumu, but I am a son of God who belongs to the tribe of the Lion of Judah. Hallelujah. God is calling us to come out of cultures that would hinder us from serving his purposes. He's calling us out of tribalism. He's calling us out of tribal uh, connotations that we, we keep asking, what is the tribe of that particular person? This is the time that God is calling Kikuyus to marry Luos. Ah, you didn't get revelation. Is it because my pastor is not here and his wife is looking at me? Praise the name of the Lord. God is calling us to a place where there is no tribalism in church. That if we have come to Jesus Christ, we have been united by one blood of Jesus Christ. There is no Taita, there is no Kikuyu, there is no Luo, there is no Kalenjin, there is no Kisi. We are all born again, united by one blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Get out of your kindred. Get out of the cultures of where you were born. You don't belong to those cultures. You belong to the culture of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Number three. So get out of your country. And get out of your culture. Ethnic culture. You see Dennis Mashauri. You were not born in Vihiga County. That is the route you used to come to Kenya. You came from the Lord. And everybody had to be born somewhere. So you are not Dennis from Vihiga. You are Dennis from heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. Vihiga was the bus stop where you were dropped. So that you can come and serve us, serve us with your gift of music. Hallelujah. You are not the tribe you come from. You are who God has made you. Hallelujah. And we have to get out of the cultures of where we were born. There are things God will never do in our lives because we are, we are still into our ethnicity. God wants us to put that aside. Praise the name of the Lord. And I pray that this will be the church that has the highest number of intermarriages. I didn't get a better amen. Hallelujah. Some people say, oh, you know, people from a particular tribe, they don't get born again. Who told you they don't get born again? Are you the savior? When somebody comes to Christ, he becomes a new creature. The old is gone and the new has come. Hallelujah. Get out. 
of your kindred. Number three, out of your father's house. So we are getting from how many places? Three. Number one, out of your country, Mesopotamia, land of idolatry, put aside the idols, things you have made with your hands. Number two, get out of your kindred or family or relatives. Get out of cultures that are hindering God from moving into your life. Number three, get out of your father's house. Why did God tell Abraham to get out of his father's house? The Bible tells us, Pastor Kevin, that Abraham, Abraham's father was Terah. And Terah had three sons. Abram and Nahor, we have talked about that, and Haram. And the Bible tells us that the lastborn, because they are given in the order of their birth, Haran died in the land of nativity where Terah was born. So he remained with two sons. And so his lastborn, I don't know how many, how many of you here have been bereaved before, but it is very painful to lose a child, not just a child, but your lastborn child. The one who closed your womb or your loins. Haran died in Mesopotamia. Okay, do we have that image? And when Haran died, Terah began a journey with Abraham, his son, and his wife. And before Haran died, he had left a son called Lot. He begins to move from Ur to Haran, northwest side. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that he left to go to the land of Canaan. I want you to see where Canaan is. And I want you to see where Haran is. And the Bible says that he said to, he, he, he said to, to go to Canaan, but he ended up where? In Haran. Almost he was going in a complete different direction. Because Canaan is down there towards the east. The gentleman is going towards the north. And the Bible says that when he arrived in Haran, he dwelt there. This is a man who began a journey from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But instead, he settled in Haran. He began his own journey from Nairobi to Kakamega, but he settled in Nakuru. Why? Because when he reached the place called Haran, it reminded him of something he had lost. And he decided to build a settlement around a memorial. These are people who start out to do something and they never finish it. Because along the way, they are reminded by an experience of something that they lost in the past.
and you decide to build a memorial, a monument for a memorial. He reached a city called Haran and it reminded him that you lost your last born son. And he who had set to go to Canaan settled where he was not supposed to. He began a journey but he didn't finish that journey. Almost he was going in the wrong direction. Because if you look at where Canaan is, just outside Egypt, Haran is almost towards the north. And he that set out to go to Canaan died in Haran. He decided to focus on that which he has lost. And I pray for many of us in this congregation this morning who have lost things in the past. You have lost an opportunity. You have lost a loved one. You have lost a marriage. You have lost a child. You have lost a parent. And you are trying to move on. And every time you move on, you meet an experience that reminds you of what you have lost. And you decide to settle there and have a pity party with yourself. And wish that the event did not happen. And wish that Heron did not die. And as you do that, your ears are increasing. And your likelihood of continuing with the journey to Canaan be continues to dim because you have built a monument in a place you are not supposed to. For this reason, God told Abraham to get out of his father's house. Hallelujah. In other words, other than leaving your country, and other than leaving your culture, I want you to leave the tendencies of your father. Praise the Lord. God wants you to go beyond where your father left. God wants you to go beyond where your family, where you were born left. He wants you to go beyond there. And he doesn't want to do anything in your life until you detach yourself from the tendencies of the place where you were born. Some people say, man of God, you know where I come from? Women don't get married. And when they get married, their marriages don't last. Where I come from, people don't get jobs. Where I come from, people get children before being married. Where I come from, people die before a particular age. God is saying, just come out of that place. Hallelujah. Come out of your country. Come out of your culture and come out of the tendencies of your father's house. That is the time that God is going to do something in your life. Let's look at what the, what the Bible says. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 verse number 5. Is it verse 5? Yes. No, verse 4. He says, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. He obeyed the call. Hallelujah. I'm wondering what kind of conversation Abraham had with his wife. 
Because Yahweh was not known to any person those days. In Ur of the Chaldeans, he wasn't. He came to his wife and he said, the Lord has said that we live out of this country into a land that I will show you. I'm wondering if I'm to tell my wife today, God has said we leave Nairobi into a place that he will show me whether she will agree. It was not an easy matter. It took faith in what God has said for Abraham and Sarah to obey that call. Hallelujah. Obedience is required when God calls you out of your country, of your culture, and of the tendencies of your father's house. And the Bible said, the only time I will do something in your life is if you get out. What did God say he will do when Abraham obeys this call? Number one, we find it in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, verse 2. It says, I will make of thee a great nation. I said earlier that salvation has to do with the purposes of God. God called Abraham so that he can make of him a great nation. Hallelujah. And we know that the nation of Israel, the Jews, the Hebrews, came from this one act of obedience. God wants to make you a great nation, church. God wants to make the Mashauri name a great nation. God wants to make the Lovi name a great nation. God wants to make the Owino name a great nation. But you have to come out. Hallelujah. A great nation. A great ethnos. It means that the people of your household, it doesn't just mean that there will be many. It means they are going to be great. If they are businessmen, they will be great businessmen. If they are athletes, they'll be great athletes. If they are preachers, they'll be great preachers. Hallelujah. But that follows obedience. Number one, when you obey the call to just come out, God will make of you a great nation. You know what, church? The distance between you and greatness is obedience. Number two, I will bless thee. So he says, I will make your name, I will make, you a, I will make out of you a great nation. Number two, I will bless you. Hallelujah. And this blessing here, it is not possessional, it is first positional. Praise the name of the Lord. I am going to bless you. You will walk in a spiritual position of a blessed person. So that everything that you do shall be blessed. Blessing is not what we have. It is who we are. We are blessed first. Then everything that we do is blessed because it's being done by that person who has been blessed of God. Make you a, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. And then he says, I will make thy name great. God has no problem with fame. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will make your name great. I will make you known all over the world. God wants to make his testimonies in your life known throughout the earth by making your name great. And number three, thou shalt be a blessing. When we obey the call, 
to get out of the country, out of that culture, and out of the tendencies of our fathers, God will make of us a great nation. Number two, he will bless us. Number three, he will make our name great. And number four, he will make us to be a blessing. I want us to rise on our feet. I don't know what you need to get out of this afternoon. My call to you is just get out because God has said. Some of you this morning probably woke up from the wrong bed or from the wrong house. Some of you have this call you will have to delete some that means you are getting and you are getting out of some of you of relation explain the to do is to break and then you will this message you are going to block people on whatsapp on true caller and on messenger Hallelujah. That they will have to open a fake account to reach to you and to see what is happening in your life. But you just have to get out. We have to get out of, of things in our families that we say this thing is like a pattern in our families. Hallelujah. I want to tell you when Jesus died on the cross, he broke every curse and he broke every pattern and he broke every work of the enemy that could be working in your bloodline. In fact, your bloodline was switched so that you are no longer cursed because of your ancestors, but you are blessed. And if you walk in that realization, you will quickly walk out and you will stop associating with yourself with things that are not godly in your family. Just get out of that place. What do you need to get out of? I want us to lift up our hands and say, Lord, I am coming out. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.